Street Rod is a car sim for gearheads. It's Amigos, episode 325. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're together again mm. for the first time in 18 months. Unbelievable, Bode. Yeah, we have reunited here at Amigos Studios for a very special episode. Uh, because it is Veterans Day here in the United States, a holiday, so we salute and thank all veterans for their service. Absolutely. And we're celebrating Veterans Day by taking a look at a game about 50s street racing. Listen, a lot of veterans were street racing, trust me on this, and a lot of people, uh, I've got some interesting tales about street racing because my dad did it. Really? Yes, sir. Well, why don't you regale us with one of those? Well, you know, the old man uh, was my whole, uh, in, in Charleston, when you were a young man, in the uh, late, in the early 60s especially, c c full with cars is what you did. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those guys did it. My whole dad's whole family were drag racers. They would go out in the streets of Charleston and they would race their cars. Uh, something that is mentioned again today is racing for pink slips. Mm -hmm. That happened. Mm -hmm. That happened. Uh, and uh, Dad has told me about people he's seen that lost their car dragging down the strip. You know, and, and uh, how would you get the car home? I, I always wonder about that. Oh, trust me, when someone gives you a car, mm -hmm. you can get it back to the pad <laughs> you because find you've a way. got your, you've got one of your pals to drive that sucker, you know, back to the house. Right. But uh, drag racing was a real problem in Charleston back in the day, and there were certain stretches of road on the outskirts of town where that would happen. So it was a it was a big deal. My dad's a big gearhead, and part of the reason is because he used to work on cars and race them. They'd race cars up hollers. They'd race them down the city, mm -hmm. anywhere they could. And so uh, the the game that we're looking at is more of a uh, a happy day style, you know, like there's a city and there's a diner where, you know, it wasn't quite like that in a lot of places, mm -hmm. but, the, you know, kids knew where to get together and have illegal street races. And I guess it sort of hasn't changed. If you watch ne uh, the... Uh, the movies, Fast and Furious, like that, they get together in the movies. They do. I assumed this story happened somewhere, somewhere, you know. But I haven't heard about it happening around here for a long time. It just seems like where are you going to find a place where there's a road where there's not enough, where there's so little traffic that you can pull one of these things off? Oh, these you days? could. Well, at night you could do it because mm -hmm. they're all at night. You could. There's, there's plenty of long stretches of country road where you can go. Mm -hmm. You know, and people still most races now. Or you're at the red light and some geek pulls up beside you and revs his engine. Right. But even when I was a kid and someone got up beside Dad in a nice car, I could see him punching it. <laughs> and I remember this. So, so it's something that happened, and it was uh, uh it was just that's. I mean, the game is based in something resembling fact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you think it is about? this whole time period you know the 50s time period with the uh the diner why do we go back to that time period what makes it so nostalgic do you think post-war america was a paradise and for some people mm -hmm. uh and uh you're talking about uh uh the they were still there were a lot of joy that was still coming from finishing off the war there was an economic boom period uh, and when people look back on it in a romantic way, you've got the parquet floor diners mm -hmm. and, the, and, the, and the roller skating chicks come up the door, all that sort of stuff, uh, and the Letterman sweaters, mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. There's a romantic element to it. I think TV and Hollywood perpetuated it uh, quite a bit uh, with shows like Happy Days. Uh, and, you know, of course, for the people like us that didn't grow up in that period, we've been exposed to it our whole lives anyway through restaurants mm -hmm. and again through TV. And some people have done their 
I know there's a guy down here that's got a, a bunch of pinball machines that's got the whole, you know, the parquet floor, the the whole uh, uh, schmoz with the with the jukebox and stuff. So, I mean, it's, it, there is an appeal to it. Even someone like myself who didn't grow up in that era, I still think it's interesting. Yeah. You know, and, and it does seem kind of a, like a calming era. Now, people were still getting killed and gutted, and people were wrecking cars, doing everything they did back then. But, you know, every time you look back on something, like people look back romantically on the 80s, and mm-hmm. like, oh, it was so great. Well, I lived through the 80s. They weren't that good. I'll be mm-hmm. honest with you. A lot of bad stuff happened. Uh, but when you look back in the old rose-tinted glasses, which is, hey, this is what we do, right? That's rose-tinted right. glasses our is our butter. bag. Mm-hmm. You know, you can look on this stuff. And I don't know how, I, I wondered how a game like this would translate to, in Europe, for example. Well, it was developed in Poland. That's, so that's, I think. Let me tell you something. When you see this game come up, and then you see the names that worked on it, it's, it was jarring. I thought to myself, Did this, is this a scene that happened in other parts of the world? I don't know. Do you? I don't think so. I think that the entire world has a romantic notion about post-war America. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's because of Hollywood, because of, you know, TV. And that was the time period where it really seemed like, you know, America had hit the ground running and there was no limit yeah. to, uh, to what could be accomplished. So it's interesting. And that, that, that definitely surprised me when I saw the, the, the names on the list of who, yeah. who programmed this thing. Well, Aaron, before we get into Street Rod, why don't we talk a little bit about what's been going on this week in the world of Amiga News. So we're going to kick things right off the bat. With this thing, Mod Explorer 3.8, Aaron, um, have you ever thought about looking for some new mods to play, or do you have your playlist and you, you, you're you set with it? Well, it's I may use this, because I am not. I didn't see this come up in the news, but I, I, there's a live, continuously available mod player that you can log onto a website and download and play mods off of, and I use that all the time at work. Yeah. So is that <laughs> this, this, this is sort of similar to that. This may even be, it's just a new version. This is yeah. uh, Mod Explorer 3.8 has been released, and uh, it says that it offers users mods they've never heard before. It randomly downloads mods from the internet, including AmiNet, ModLand, and Modules.pl, and it plays them. So it, they're not stored permanently. Uh, there's basically, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of streamed on the fly. So this new version offers a plug-in that gives you one of the visualizers. You big visualizer guy when you listen to music? I do like a little visualizing. I mm-hmm. do. I do like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And especially when you're listening to electronic music. I think that it, it, right. it suits it well. Uh, so you can check this out. This is available. I found this on AmigaNews.de, but you can find uh, the link to this and all of the stories on the gather.com slash Amigos podcast link that you see before you on the screen. I like the idea of being able to play these on your Amiga. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool. Now, Aaron, we've got our buddy... Tenmark is back with a new video this week all about the Grease Weasel. Yep, I watched this video because I, I remember he talks about the predecessor of this, mm-hmm. uh, and I'd heard about this thing for years, the old gimmick that lets you hook the drive up to the PC. <clears throat> uh, Doug loves this thing, and I, it's funny, I asked the, in our Discord, I'm like, you know, and t- I guess I should fill in what it is. It lets you hook, a, it lets you read and write Amiga discs on your, on your computer, right, on your PC. Uh, and other formats, mm-hmm. not just Amiga, including some like real obs- more obscure formats. And I guess that's where the uh, the that's where the gimmick is because I, I I couldn't figure out why anybody would care about this. Now there's so many ways to do this without having to fool with this, but people care about all kinds of weird stuff. Number one, I never can figure out why. Number two, 
they're using it for other formats. Apparently, it's quite popular, more obscure stuff. So mm -hmm. I can that I can understand. Because not all computers have the compact flash solutions that the Amiga have. Yeah, or like USB that. solutions, mm -hmm. or and not to mention what disk are you going to? Unless you wrote a bunch of disks, what disks are you really? Is there a, a need to to dump a bunch of your own disks that are out there? But the price on this thing is El Cheapo Grande. Mm. So there's also. Do you that. remember how much it is? It was under twenty. It was under thirty bucks yeah, US, that's not I believe. Bad. And it's, not bad uh, at all. I, I believe it's Amy Kit that's uh, uh, shipping these. It's funny that Doug <laughs> Doug mentions it because Amy Kit. We and listen, uh, we've always been on good terms with Amy Kit, mm -hmm. but you know they pissed me off more a few times. Hey, shipping's tough sometimes. Yeah. But uh, Amy Kit's such a small crew, all right. And Doug mentions in the video. That they've added a new employee, so I, I thought that was interesting. That so I'm assuming they told them that for a reason because they're trying to get back over, right? And say, listen, good for them. They hooked another uh, dude up or lady, and uh, hopefully that will uh, iron out any sort of whacker they have. Because I mean, <laughs> Amy Kit for the longest time was it was the only game in town. It seemed like no, uh, not so much now. So I think it's time to step up the game. Are you the kind of guy who uh, who gets off on putting your own discs? into a machine or is, is there any sort of that nostalgic ritual about taking a disc out of a box putting a disc in waiting for it to load nope <laughs> not a bit <laughs> let me tell you something i took a disc out of the box put it in and waited for it to load over and over and over when i was bootlegging four billion discs mm -hmm. right you put the disc in i will say it's always nice when it works so yeah, i guess there's true. some mm -hmm. there's some low-end sensation of joy when that happens when it comes on but no, I'm not nostalgic for load times. I'm not nostalgic. And listen, I know some people are, and I will say it's, it's kind of neat to hear the pseudo sound of a drive running when you're using your GoTech or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't miss that. I right. like having all my crap on a USB or the Mister or whatever, whatever you're using, and just not having to fool with the discs I, or, or tapes. I mean, I know people are nostalgic, but they not me because. Mm -hmm. I think some of the people, I was around for a long time when you use discs and tapes, five and a quarter inch disc, three and a half inch disc tape, and it sucked. It was not fun. It was not joyous. Mm -hmm. Now, I can understand how people, people have nostalgia for different stuff, but for me personally, it didn't do it, brother. Mm -hmm. I want I want it all, and I want it now. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't, with the limited amount of time that we have for doing our gaming, I don't want any of that taken up with loading. And then at the end of the loading time, there's always the fear that the game was not loaded correctly. You get an error, and you have to start all over yeah, again. Yeah, so. absolutely. But if you are one of these people that does enjoy that sort of thing, uh, you can check out Doug's video, The Grease Weasel. Yeah, the price is right on this one. I mean, I will say that. If you're going to sell something like this, and I will say that the, the Cat Weasel, whatever the other one was called, was in big demand and went for big, big money. Yeah. So this thing was due. Now, Aaron, let's talk about this newest video from our new friend, 005 Amiga. Tell us about this uh, it's one. It's Agima. Agima. I'm sorry. Boy, <laughs> I've said that so many times wrong. Well, I just thought this was interesting since we were just talking about Amy West. Uh, uh, the the uh, Gema here rolled into the uh, it was the Perth Amiga Users Group here, mm. and I thought it might be fun just to kind of flip through. I because I, I remember you we talked about the differences last time. Mm -hmm. This is sort of a low key affair here at the community center. I think it's neat just to see. I, it, I, I enjoy these sorts of things. He talks to some fellas, and they just they're just your regular Joes who have their various Amigas there, and they're playing some games and talking about. It. I mean, I. I love that, and I think this is something that we've gotten in common with people all over the world. That's the best thing about being into a, uh, a community like the 
Amiga is that you've got something in common with people in Germany and, in, oh, yeah. and in the UK. and in, Absolutely. Of course, the only kid there is playing the Genesis, so he well, knows what's up. Oh, there's more kids, trust yeah. me. But look at that control panel that kids I love that with. thing. Uh, uh, but that, they've got a whole swath of gimmicks. And they have, and, uh, plus, a give, they had giveaways. I believe they even gave away an Amiga 2000 wow. at this at this thing. And if you look at, I mean, this is no like this isn't like a cup. This isn't like uh, the Taze Valley right classic computer club. This is like they got a lot of people here. Yeah, you know, looks like they down. they drew pretty well. And having it in a community center that was probably cheap. That's the way. On. That's the way you do it. Yeah. The problem is that the is that they have a real problem with the bar. Right. Like, <laughs> they're, they're probably not friendly to alcohol at the community. Something center, tells me we should just be involved in the boozing community. <laughs> that's true. Maybe we, maybe we should call up Cody, Eric, the beer guys, and we should get in on that. Right. But, right. Anyway, I thought this was kind of neat. I, it's certainly worth a watch. Uh, I do. I, I like a game of stuff, and I think it's interesting. And. The fact that there's stuff here you wouldn't expect to see. They talk about the television. This is Dick Smith. Somebody brought a Dick Smith wizard. Oh, cool, cool. You know, and they talked. They mentioned Dick Smith. And of course, that's sort of close to me. Me and Britt have covered that a few yeah. times on the, the Super ARG. Eighty. Yeah, so <laughs> pretty fun. Yeah, cool. All right, Aaron. Our final story of Amiga news this week is something that I'm actually pretty excited about because you know we've talked about the Checkmate, uh, Stephen Jones Checkmate uh, project, where the you can deal. take an A500 de-keyboard it and put it into a big box case. But what yeah. what was the Achilles heel with this thing all the time? What was it? I don't it remember. was the keyboard. Remember that the keyboard, the keyboard extension for this thing. It looked it looked weird. It looked weird and it looked it looked not great. But wasn't that good. Yeah. So check this thing out, Aaron. Yeah, seen Somebody that. has created a mechanical keyboard for the A two thousand and this thing is worthy of a separated keyboard status. Okay. What this guy did, and this comes to us from uh, Amiga Loves uh, Forum, which is a pretty Love. active forum. Oh, yeah. Uh, G.R. Shaw has created this thing from scratch, but unlike so many other keycaps and replacement keyboards and things that we've seen in the past, this thing is made all from standard parts. It's all parts that you is can... That, is that picture real? This is a real picture. It, why does it look so strange? Well, it's because this is a this is new plastic versus 30-year-old yellow the, plastic. Look at the LED. Well, that's just when you take a picture of an LED, it always looks weird. What? Are you sure that's real? I'm positive it's real. <laughs> look, he's not, he's not pulling one over on that's us. That's bizarre. So, uh, the only thing that is not uh, factory-made is this, this PCB. So, he's designed this PCB. Yeah. Uh, he's got this uses ch your normal cherry mechanical keyboard switches. Oh yeah, you gotta have those. And he used a uh, a print on demand company that does keycaps because these are all standard keycaps. Uh, there's a there's a, it's a place called WASD Keycaps, and I'm yeah. telling you, Aaron, if I ever go your route and invest in the old wedge for the Mister, this is what I'm going to be doing because these WASD keycaps. Let me put the, let me put this up. WASD keycaps. Uh, these things look great. You can essentially order any color, any shade, any custom keycaps. I'm going down here to the bottom where the custom keycaps are. Uh, you can get symbols printed on these things. Uh, you can get, so if you, for example, if you want the run stopped key to be a different key, you know, you pop it off and you can put it wherever you want on the keyboard yeah. and you get it to say run stop. That's always the issue using the mister with some of these old computer systems is that they've got the, 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 um, the keys that are not standard. So you can, you can go that route and not lose any of the functionality of your Windows style keyboard like the ill-fated Keyraw project. So well, it's not ill-fated. It worked fine. It's not his fault. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, 
it's the, not ill-fated at all. This, the, maybe the slight cough instead of the ill-fated. Um, so anyway, I, I think this thing is super cool. It looks like, you know, of course, the, the big thing with the keycap project and all these injection molded keyboards is these things are always, they cost a mint. This, you're essentially buying mass-produced parts as well as this, this custom PCB, which you can order from a company like PCBWay or something like that. Get uh -huh. it in. Uh, there's no soldering. Are there The only soldering that's involved is the through-hole soldering. There's no surface-mounted soldering. Nah. You don't have to do any of that stuff. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty amped about this thing because for the people that have that um, that A500 case with, or you know, the Checkmate case, and they're not happy with the keyboard, maybe they can work an angle. I was gonna say because I, 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 I thought the A500 gimmick, like, how would this work? That this doesn't have the same. The A500 doesn't have a. a, a Way to hook this up. Well, this this uses a five-pin DIN connector, which was standard with the A2000 and the right. A3000. So I'm saying maybe so you, there's a way. Maybe well, there's like a way. Like, what, what is your theory? I want to hear this. Listen, I'm not a hardware guy. I don't know. <laughs> what you, Make it you happen. You based your whole argument on this, <laughs> but there's no way to hook this to an Amiga 500 in the case. Not yet. This this story is going to spur development. Listen, before you know it, it is? there's going to be there's going to be an A1000 keyboard. We'll finally get we'll finally get our replacement A1000 keyboards. Everything's possible. Remember when we decided to veer away from hardware? <laughs> this is the prime example right here. While we did that, anyway, I mean I'm sure the people that now listen, brother, uh, Commander mechanical keyboard, forget boat, forget all this crap. How about a little something for the Amiga 1000, my friend? Mm -hmm. We're dying over here. We're dying yeah. over here. I want this for the 1000. Then we're then you got something right here. I mean, you got something, but then you got something. I understand. I understand. And speaking about got something, Aaron, we're going to round up our news story with our favorite place to buy all of your classic Commodore computer uh, hardware and software, old RetroRewind.ca. Now, if you haven't heard of Retro Rewind before, first of all, you've been living under a rock. What are you doing? Okay. Retro Rewind, straight out of the confines of friendly Canada, are here for you with things like keycaps. They're here for you with Amiga OS updates, Amiga OS 3.2 available at Retro Rewind, the Kung Fu Flash Cart for the Commodore 64, any kind of EEPROMs. They offer blank EEPROMs, they offer an EEPROM burning service. Even wacky stuff, like a transit card for your C64 disk drive. If you're worried about your 1541 uh, getting damaged when you take it to you know, your, your local computing event, you can get one of these cards that keeps the head safe. Uh, but on top of that, they're also a full service repair depot. Mm. If you have parts that have come undone, if you've got twisted ports, whatever you need I mean, done. You got there's an ointment for that. No, that's true. Twisted ports, that's no good. <laughs> whatever you need. Uh, Frank is here for you, and his parts and his services are El Cheapo. And yes, I don't sir. say that in terms of quality. I say it in terms of price. They are very affordable. And you can save 10% off this any or any order uh, that you might have over at Red Rewind by using the code AMIGOS10 at checkout. So I encourage all of you to head over to RetroRewind.ca right now, get whatever you need, and use that code AMIGOS10 at checkout. We do appreciate Retro Rewind for being an official sponsor of the Amigos podcast. Well said, bud. And by the way, Christmas is near. Yes. This is the time, brother. Mm -hmm. Get up to Retro Rewind and get your significant other or your good buddy, your bosom chum, get him a goodie. 
That's right. Don't even have it sent to you, because that's for suckers. Have it sent directly to your boy. Directly to your boy, yeah. And I bet if you ask Frank real nice, he might even do a little bit of gift wrapping for you. No, I don't think he's going to You don't do think that. so? No. Probably not. Don't ask Frank Somewhere for Frank wrapping. just had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron. Let's leave the wide, wonderful world of Amiga News and go on to this week's game, which is Street Rod. Street Rod. You know... You ever played this one uh, before this week? Both never, years? never, never heard of it. I had heard of this, but I never played it because I'm not a, I'm not really a car guy. And I thought to myself, this looks like a game for car guys. And boy, was I right, boat. So, uh, Street Rod. You know, by the way, look at this. Look at this. Remember paper these? notes. Paper, paper notes. Paper notes. And the the thing, only thing that's missing is you need your old glasses before the bifocal so you can cover your face entirely. Well, also, part of the sheet's missing because my <laughs> printer went AWOL here. But, uh, so, Street Rod released uh, on the Amiga in 90, boat, the clearing year. They, what a year that was. It was a big year for the Amiga. Uh, yeah, and it was also, uh, you're nearing your what I would call your peak, yeah. right, right yeah. there. Uh, t this came on uh, two discs and was released from an outfit called PZK uh, Development Group. Uh, it's funny, I, and when I went over to uh, um, when I went over to Lemon to look these guys up, it credits them PZK for doing a game called Blockout, uh, a game called Street Rod Two, and a game called Tunnels of Armageddon. Uh, but when I went over to the Hall of Light, they did not credit them with any of those games. But from what I can tell, they had to have done them because they appear in the game. I'm going to trust Lemon <laughs> over Hall of Light in this case. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so, you know, I looked at who made this, and I thought to myself, this is a challenge. This is a challenge to talk about these people and their names. Because I can tell you right now, Bill Smith, not involved. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Jones, also not involved. You know, when you deal with uh, our good friends in Poland uh, and their names, they're not messing around. No. You know what I'm saying? They don't They've use got the, all the concepts. Over there, no that. one's filling out their name on the old Scantron. Nope. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, they put Z's and I's everywhere. So the coder for this was a fellow named Tomasz uh, Pulowski. He, he also worked on the sequel to this, Street Rod 2. Another coder was a guy named Wajtek Was. That's a good name. Mm -hmm. I like that. Sounds like that band, The Was yeah. Not Was. Remember them? Mm -hmm. uh, do, what was do, it? Everybody do the dinosaur. Yeah. I'll funk the dinosaur better. Please, listen, this is a, this is a PG show, Boat. <laughs> uh, the other coder, the third in the, uh, the trio, is a big new Amonsky. Right? Another great name. Mm -hmm. We need more Zs in our names. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, it's funny, the, those two fellows didn't do anything else on the Amiga. Uh, now, a lot of the rest of this crew worked on the other games that the, the uh, PZK was known for. Blockout, Street Rods 2, and Tunnels of Armageddon. we got to try that one, mm -hmm. by the way. That's a good name. Uh, graphics done by uh, Natalia uh, Robolswazka. Okay. Uh, uh, Renata Golazwazka. And uh, Zabich Dabrowski. Mm, I think I you like went that. a little blue there. Listen, hey, I, I call him like I see him. And you'll notice that my printer, instead of putting a little gimmick there, just put a little one. <laughs> instead of having a little, like, a, whatever a mystery symbol that is. Music, Dorota, Blazazak. Perfect. And uh, uh, Marcian uh, Grz... That's That one's easy. That's just Gr Grzowski. That's Grzowski? Yeah. What about this part here where there's another or in there? Well, you don't you ignore that. Well, it's implied. That's <laughs> Grzowski. 
Uh, anyway, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting names there worked on this. Again, <clears throat> I doubt any of these are from Milwaukee. No. For example, uh, ECSOCS uh, race game. This also uh, got a release on the C64 and DOS. Uh, and I I'm pretty sure the DOS version was the lead version. Mm. I know the Amiga one was not, okay. and it wasn't the C64 version. So. What are you doing, street rod boat? Well, here's what you do, all right? You go out, you start the game off with some cash, mm-hmm. all right? And you get yourself, in the old days, we had these things called newspapers, all right? And this is how you would get your news mm-hmm. boat. But they also had something called one ads. Remember right. one ads? They, and, 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 for, and they had people selling stuff in them. So you go into the, into the ads of this newspaper in the game, mind you, and you flip through there until you find a car you can afford, Mm -hmm. all right? Did you ever buy a car in real life from the one ads? I never have. I, no. Most of the cars I bought were people's, other people's cars that I knew that were literally where they were begging me to, they were dying, Mm -hmm. and that's that's when I swoop in. (laughs) I am the vulture of used cars. I feed off the dead Mm -hmm. of others. Uh, So, you buy yourself a car, now, This is a hot rod racing simulator, mm-hmm. okay? And I will say, uh, they do get the spirit of the racing down. You buy your car, then it wheels into your garage, mm-hmm. okay? Then it's time to and, go and, work and, on it. Keep in mind, for those of you that are not watching, that are listening, this game is a wash in atmosphere and, uh, I wouldn't say animate. yeah, animation. Like, in a normal Amiga game, if you pick your car, boom, it would appear in your garage on the next screen. Yeah. Okay? In this game, the car rolls in somewhat disarmingly under its own power. Yeah. Uh, but it... <laughs> yeah, that is true. There's no driver in your car. You gotta... It rolls in, and you see it appear, you know, you see it roll into your garage, and it makes you excited. These cars are, uh, you know, there's a, there's a ton of cars in this game, and you can tell that the people that made this game were, if not gearheads themselves, enthusiasts of the scene because uh, all your classic models are here. And they are real cars. Right. And what's amazing. So you, we should mention, this starts. This game takes place in 1963, the summer of 63. And you've got 750 bucks to start. And you've got 12 weeks. The goal of the game is, in this 12 weeks, to accumulate enough money and enough knowledge to put together a car to beat the king. The king. The king has this awesome car with mm-hmm. a chick in it. Mm-hmm. And when you see the king, he doesn't even give you the time of day. No. Because you're, until you get up there. He, he looks does. like the Fonz. He does, and he should. Mm-hmm. So, you can just go buy a car, and then you're good to go, right? But that's not what a proper like, greaser from the 60s would do. you got to tinker with it. So, not only can you use the newspaper to buy cars, but you also can buy parts, mm-hmm. auto parts in it. And this is really... That what this is the deepness of the game, such as there is, which is you go through the paper, and I mean I'm, I'm talking fifty ads in the paper to find what you want. Do you want your car to be an automatic? Do you want it to be a standard? What kind of uh, wheels do you want on it? What kind of transmission? What kind of uh, 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 everything? Gear shifts and everything else, manifold, the mm-hmm. whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Now. You you buy the parts you want. Now, in a lot of games, you would just they would just be in your car. That's for suckers. It is for suckers. This game has a what would you, a mechanic simulation element. Yeah. It's light. Yeah. Where you literally take your engine apart and then you have to put it back together. I mean, completely with unscrewing it, the mm-hmm. whole nine yards. Then you, you could also tune the car, mm-hmm. 
which I did. Mm -hmm. I did. I, that's the first time I've ever tuned a car yeah. in any. In any <laughs> it wasn't hard to no. tune. So, something tells me the this aspect of the game is somewhat dumbed down. From <laughs> well, we should actually talk ab about this segment since we're, we're talking about it right now. I love this part of the game because it makes you feel like you're doing something and you have some elementary knowledge of cars when it's clear you have none, none. like I do. None. And and so when you open up your when you pop the hood of this car, you see the engine before you, and it's held together by three count them three bolts. Okay, three bolts and a wiring piece. Okay. If you take those three bolts off, all of the parts of the engine are available to you, okay? And so when you slot a new part on, you do have to put them in the correct order. And, yeah. and, you're, and it's not gonna let you go out racing until you do that because your car is not running, Yeah. okay? And so you have to learn that the manifold goes on and then the carburetors fit on top of it. There's multiple carburetors for your engine. And you have to match up the parts, so you can't put a Ford carburetor in a in a in a GM uh, car. And you also have to know that Chevrolet is GM. This game makes you feel smart because I did know that, and I was like, I know something about cars. When in fact, everybody they do mention knows that in the manual through that exact. I mean, they exact. Right. So I think that'll help you. I'm guessing that this this game probably sold in uh, somewhat you know significant quantities overseas, and it, not everybody does know that Chevy is GM. So that's uh, probably important. Um, but anyway, I liked that part of the game. I like going through the one ads. I like picking out parts. Now, where the game sort of falls short is that the game gives you no sort of training in what makes a car go fast. Other than the fact that the most expensive things are usually called, like, racing, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah you have to... I think the game... It, assumes that you have a at least a uh, limited knowledge of cars. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, which I, I that's being generous to yeah. say that about me. But I managed to shuffle through. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you could literally spend if you've got when you earn enough money, you could spend quite a bit of time just going through the one ads. You also can have multiple cars, right? You mentioned. So right. you can be tuning a bunch of different cars. Yeah. So what happens is when you when you race for pink slips in this game. Uh, you can you you've, you when you win a new car appears in your garage and when you switch it out the old car rolls out and the new car rolls in and it's exciting when you get a new car and it rolls into your garage you're like oh man what I'm gonna do I'm yeah. gonna keep my old car and soup it up you know sell the parts off this one when you sell a car in this game there's a, there's negotiation that goes on you can barter with the with the with the guy a little bit that, yeah. that wants to buy your car that part's cool too yeah uh, you can also now. So you've got the ability to buy your car. By the way, you can also just get enough money to buy, buy a car outright. Mm -hmm. You know, you can do that. So you're in your garage. Uh, you can, aside from tuning and changing tires and all that stuff, you can also decorate the car. Right. Uh, you can paint it. And then you can also put stickers on it, which are, <laughs> they're funny stickers. I, uh, my personal favorite, I'm not a cop. <laughs> Is it, is it well, see, you can get? You, maybe you've heard this, but you, if some, if you ask somebody if they're a cop and they're a cop, they have to say they're a cop. I guess if you just put it on your car, they don't have to even ask. Right. They could speed in front of you or shoot a guy. No, that guy's not a cop. We're good. You Let's can do drugs. You can you can alter the physical appearance of your car in other ways too. You can chop the top. See, I'm using the lingo. Very good, both. You can remove the bumpers. You can, yeah. um, you can, and all of these things affect the performance of your car. Obviously, you're, when you lower the top of the car, it makes it more aerodynamic. Uh, when you remove the bumpers, you can go faster because you're removing weight, but it's a trade-off because if you wreck your car, you're going to do more damage yeah. if you remove the bumpers. Yeah, we haven't even gotten to the racing part. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. We're not done in the garage right. yet. You also have a calendar up there that will tell you the date and has a, like sort of an end date. Mm -hmm. and, and the, theoretically, this takes place 
over the summer. I think it was September fifteenth. That's when the the it's when you run out of time. You have to go back to school or whatever. Right. Which is funny because I, I don't know how old your guy's supposed to be in this, but apparently he goes to school. This is probably a new 17, 18 year old guy. Um, you've also got a radio and you can turn on and off. That the tunes. I mean, I, the tunes okay, but you do kind of get old. I they, they, they're 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 all there are multiple tunes and they're sort of in that fifties rockabilly type style. Yeah. But yeah, I did. They didn't exactly uh, Amiga them up either. No. They're sort of like. They were like, well, the sound blaster, the candy music yeah. will be good enough. Yeah. And they took it over. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a, 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 a port of the Tandy version. Mm. That, because that, that would, that, the colors and stuff, the sound, it wouldn't surprise me. Anyway, uh, and then uh, once you're done in your garage, you hit, the, you hit the button or you put the cursor over the point where you, that door is in the garage and you leave. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, we should also mention you can also go for gas in right. the garage. There's a gas can and your guy... You're going to notice that in some areas of this game, you're driving through the streets and you have no control because you're not really driving. It's just showing you drive. Whenever you drive into town, if you're not racing, you don't have control over your car. Do you think they missed an opportunity there? I know this is 1990, but it would have been, I would have kind of liked they just got to drive everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because they already have fun. they already have the engine in there. Yeah. They could, they should have done that. Absolutely. So I don't know why they did it that way. Maybe just to make it easier. Um, so <coughs> you have to go and get yourself some gas. And so you go to the uh, the gas station. You can go to the full service, or you can go to the uh, do it yourself. I will say the uh, uh, I like the fact that the gas station is just sleeping, mm-hmm. wedged up against the wall, and yep. then whenever you don't top off your tank, he sort of laughs at you. You know. Now I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Have you ever gotten full service gas in West Virginia? Yeah, tons of times. Back when I was a kid. I mean, me personally, no, but my dad did. I mean, we. Because the last place I remember that was full service only was Old Wits, and now they don't even have gas anymore. Well, the place I remember was that Rich's Gas and Nitro was full service for like right till the end. You know, I don't know, but I don't think there's a single gas station in the state that's I've never seen one that's yeah, full service I don't anymore. Think so. Yeah. Now I know in other states that's mandatory, right? Because those states are stupid. Yes. That they assume you cannot actually get your own gas. Mm-hmm. In this game, I guess getting gas is sort of a mini game. I mean, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no, well, they don't really because there's no time constraints. Right, but he gives you the business whenever you don't get a full tank right, or whatever. Right. And then uh, you ever notice that you never put your gas cap back on in yeah, the game? Yeah, that is weird. It just sort of appears <laughs> after you leave. So once you've got gas, you've tuned up your car, and you've put every, whatever parts you've picked up. Remember, keep in mind, you only had 750 bucks to start. Then it's time. To roll down to the old drive-in. Oh, yeah. That's where the deals go down. And so, when you get to the drive-in, it's your typical-looking drive-in. It looks nice. And you've got um, a guy that looks like the font sort of sitting out front. And you've got cars that are going to drive by. Mm-hmm. Now, when these cars drive by, they're almost like it's almost like they're on display. <laughs> the guy, because the, the guy looks out the window at you, or the girl, or whoever's in there, and they'll, and and then you can click on the car and you can check out what the guy's got. Like, mm-hmm. you, I guess you're say, hey, what do you got in that thing? Yeah, you can look, click on the engine. Yeah. And uh, and by the way, we should mention that this game is 100% controllable by joystick, which I love. Yeah. Because that's what well, I, I did. use the mouse and joystick. When um, I and you can, if you click on the engine. Uh, it opens up, and you can see what... Now, you can't actually look at the parts and see exactly what it is. You can basically, just as if you were in real life, if it looks like a big engine, it's probably fast. Yeah, and I, when they pull up, it tells you the, the make and the model of the car, mm-hmm. and it tells you the guy's name. So you can choose to click on the car. Aside from just looking at what's in it, you can say, hey, do you want to race? And you you get two choices. You get road race and drag race. And then once you pick a race... You can pick what the stakes are. 
the stakes can be just for fun. Those are stakes for weenies. Yeah. Then you've got, I think, $10, 25 bucks, 50 bucks, And then if you get to the point where this can happen, pink slip. Mm -hmm. And that's where you're racing for each other's car. There's two types of races in this, a drag race and a road race. Drag race is very straightforward. Uh, you Literally, you mm -hmm. drive straight forward, and then whoever wins at the finish line, it wins the race. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Road race is more like a, 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 a let's say five mile race. Well, I did read in the in the manual because they actually do give the distances. Is it the road race is two point five miles? Two point five miles. And I believe that the the drag race is either a quarter mile or a half. Mile. Yeah, and it, I will say the drag race is not what I would call. It doesn't feel like if you see a real drag race, like they're real fast. It, yeah, it's over in like a second. Now, these are more extended. Mm -hmm. So anyway, once you pick one, let's say we'll start off with drag race. You pick, you're both at the line, and there's a stoplight in front of you. And when the thing hits green, you go. Mm -hmm. That's all there is to it. Now, I always picked cars that were an automatic because I can't drive a stick. Well, you also can't afford stick shift cars at the beginning of the game. Oh, well, you can get you can swap out the you can swap out the stick instantly. You can well, you have to pay for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, pay. yeah. But you got enough money. Yeah. I, I can't drive a stick, but if I, if I know a lot about it, because my dad talks about popping the clutch and mm -hmm. all this crap, so the stick provides you a lot more jack when, mm -hmm. it, when a deal goes down, right. but I was too big a, a, a wuss. So uh, you get on the line, you start, and you take off. Now, I will say this game, graphically, when it comes to the racing, it's a little, it's somewhere between test drive and night driver. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, to me, I mean, compared to a game like, Test Drive 2, The Duel, which I call Test Drive 2, The Deuce, because it sucks. This game is what? so much faster. This game gives you a sense of racing that's so much better than that piece of garbage. So no, I wouldn't compare it to a game as all, bad as that. Hold on a second, back up a minute. Test Drive 2 is not is cool. No, it's, it's not. It's a good game, and it's good on the Amiga. It's no, it's not. Yeah, it is, and so I don't think I don't think this game is. It is faster, than, but you know, than, but it's also the the, well, the the landscape's a lot sparser too. Uh, but all that said. Uh, it, it is similar to Test Drive 2, and the uh, uh, though I will give it credit, you get rear view mirror and side view. You don't see that very often in games. This game, yeah, this game really does the rear view mirror well. Yeah, um, it, it's got you know your 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 opponent scales in both mirrors. Yeah, uh, whether or not the side view mirror was necessary, probably well, not. If they're coming but, up on your left, it's cool. Yeah, and it I is cool. I will say other versions of the game, they didn't get as cool of mirrors as we got. Mm -hmm. They like sometimes. I can't remember if it was the IBM or the or the Commodore 64, but they just have lights that will show up, like two big balls of light that are right. coming. That means you know they're coming. But, I mean, the, the mirrors are important, especially the rearview mirror. Yeah. So here is my strategy for the drag race boat. I, I pump the juice, when the set, and then I put it in gear the second the, the light went, all right? And then I immediately rammed into the other guy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right? the strategy. Screw that that's guy. That's right. And then I took off. Now, I won... A ton of races doing that. Mm -hmm. I was, I have to say, uh, I did not find the racing that difficult. Now the road racing, we should we should we should differentiate between the drag race and the road. Yeah, race. Yeah. So tell them about the road race. So in, oh, I want to talk a little bit about the drag oh, okay, race. Okay, go ahead. So the drag race, you pretty much know right off the bat if you're going to win because if yeah. you adopt your strategy, which I also use, which is bump the guy, get in front of him, and take off, you're going to win. But if you're up against a faster car, you haven't got a prayer because he's just hotter off the line. Yeah, you've got to get. I mean, you can beat a faster car, but you've got to catch him quick. Right. You got to veer into him right away. Right. Now the road race is difficult because it's yeah. so long. 
I mean, it really takes a long time to finish a road race. And it's a pretty unforgiving thing. Now, I mean, it is realistic because if you go off the road and you hit something, yeah. then you're screwed. And you wreck your over. car. Yeah. What's hilarious is when you wreck your car, not only does your windshield shatter, but all of your gauges on the instrument cluster also shatter. Yeah. I don't know what's caused that, but yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a nice effect. And at that point, you get the choice of either repairing your car for a cost or just junking your car and starting over. Yeah. Um, your opponent is a much better racer than you are. Your opponent is not likely to go off the road. And also, you can wreck your car just by ramming into the back of your opponent. Uh, I found the road race to be incredibly difficult. In fact, I never finished a road race. Oh, gee, they weren't that bad. I thought I now maybe it's because I was trying to win, and if I wasn't winning, I'd quit. Um, did you go full blast the whole road heck race? Yeah, I that's did. that's why you wreck. You've got to you got to slow it down a little bit, dude. When you're mm. going curves, mm. you know. By the way, you, you'd learn that if you played a little test drive too. But anyway, uh, so you, in the road race, yeah, there's curves, and the, and the, this game's deceptive. The curves look gentle, mm -hmm. but they they they're tough. Think if you're hauling tail, and depending on what kind, of, also your tires make a difference too on that. The grip you yeah. got. Uh, but uh, I've I've won tons of road races. They weren't. I didn't think that that was that hard. I can tell you right now, you could sit down and re you could win drag races all day long mm -hmm. if you if you bump. And by the way, bumping's in the manual. It's like yeah, you should bump the guy, mm -hmm. and it works. Uh, you've got to make sure you're racing people that you know you can beat. And there are but when a hot rod when something comes up that looks awesome, and you look at it and you're like, man, it looks, it's probably awesome. Right. So what will help you is to is to uh, win as win some money as much as you can. I usually will win money until I'll get my first pink slip, mm -hmm. and then that's when it goes down right. because then you've got a bunch of money to play mm -hmm. with. You can start jacking up your cars. Now I can't sit here and tell you which cars I used. Where I usually I used I went by the money system, whichever car looked the most expensive and it was an automatic. I will say if you can drive a stick in this, it helps a lot because. Those are the cars that are, uh, I mean, everything I've read, those cars do better. Yeah. Like, you can and do there's more the, tricks. The win condition in this game is not exact. It's not as if, like, when you get X amount of money or you're driving this kind of car, you win. Every once in a while, the king pulls up in the drive-in. Yeah. And if he's not into racing you, he'll say, no way. But when you get to be good enough, then he'll race you. And it's yeah. never spelled out. And that's kind of cool because it, 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 puts a little bit more mystery into the game, and it's not as if it's game over if the king doesn't want to race you. You just keep on going. Uh, people will say no to you the first time, and then if you ask them again, they'll say yes, which is weird, but also kind of realistic because that's the way that people are too. Yeah. Um, if you try to do freebies too often, they're going to be like, take right. off. That's something you do maybe once. Well, freebies are good for testing out, like if you just upgraded your car and you want to see if anything has changed. The The issue with freebies is that it takes time, and you're under the, you're under the clock in this game because... Yeah. Uh, another the, one of the few complaints I have with this game. Actually, I have two main complaints. Uh, as you mentioned, when you're racing, the the scenery is very sparse. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to have seen you going through intersections in a town, uh, seeing more things on the road. We're going to compare this game to the DOS version in just a second, and they do. First of all, the racing is just better on the DOS version. The graphics are poor but the, the racing aspect is better. Uh, I will say that the speed angle, which is the number one thing in a racing game, if, if you don't get a sensation of speed, the game is straight up garbage, okay? This game nails the speed aspect. You feel like you're driving fast. Um, I, 
the uh, but the other thing is they should have given you an on-screen way to see how time passes. Like it says in the manual, like if you do body work on your car, you waste a lot of time. We, I mean, it takes a lot of time. But the only way you really see that is if you're constantly clicking on the calendar. I would have yeah. liked to have seen an on-screen display of what day it was all the time. It is odd. Mm -hmm. it, it, uh, really, the time aspect of this, I mean, I can see, because otherwise you'd just be playing this thing into infinity. Right. You know? But I would rather just let you play till you beat the king and not worry about the time. You're mm -hmm. right. That that is weird. But I mean, I guess it's a sense of urgency. Right. You know, and it gives you you can't just go in there and just tinker forever. Mm -hmm. But I think most people that's probably they probably don't well, pay much attention here, to that. Well, here's the thing. Once you develop your system, you're going to be you can cheat the game anyway cuz once you figure out the path, the upgrade path, then you can just start a new game and do it all immediately. So, yeah. and that's what the person that's playing this game, I will tell you that if you do everything perfect, it looks like from this full playthrough you can get through this game in about 45 minutes. Uh, I watched this complete playthrough and it is the it's the same gameplay loop. It's, you know, race for pink slips, sell the other car or sell your previous car, use the upgrade, use the money to buy upgrades. It Repeat yeah. ad nauseum. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think where this game stands out, or people that business, if, if you're a car guy, yeah, it is fun. You got to think this is 1989, 1990. There was there wasn't a lot of games that were like this. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not tuning cars or replacing carburetors or transmissions or all that stuff. If you're a gearhead, uh, this gives you all the kind of fun stuff that you can't do. You start to suspend your disbelief a little bit because, you know, but I mean, it's still kind of neat. Yeah. It's kind of neat to work with your car. I mean, this is a, we've seen this sort of game moved on to like, like Midnight Club, stuff like that, where you can do this sort of thing, you know, the more modern versions. But this is early on. And I think it's clever. Uh, and I think they capture the time period. You know, they, they did, they got a lot of stuff right. I mean, is it the deepest game? No. Is it the best racing game? No. But it's still fun. Right. If you're looking for Lotus, this is not going to do it for you. Okay. No. But this game is totally unique. There's not another game. There's tons of games that let you upgrade your car parts. I mean, almost every racing game with any amount of depth does. But they don't let you pop the hood and install the parts yourself. Yeah. You don't see the parts. You know, they just sort of appear in your car. And the amount of cars that are in this game that you can drive, not to mention that when you go into these cars the a lot of times the interiors are different and you know they, they they put time into this sort of thing and in a lot of other games they just didn't and that's that that is that gets big points from me yeah you can even get and when you're racing the cops can come into play mm -hmm. you can get pulled over for speeding uh if you don't have the money to pay a ticket they go you go, go to the you go to the, yeah you go to the jail and that's it's game over yeah uh, uh, you could so that in fact I got I got pulled over by a cop just past the finish line so I ended up winning but I mean mm. it was he was right on my tail that's that was pretty exciting that's cool yeah you know, that was pretty exciting uh, again if this is your era or you're a car guy I think this is your bag it's still light entertainment so I enjoyed it and the really the racing is okay mm. I mean, it's not the worst we've seen right you know right. it's, it's not, not the, the worst and the meat of the game is in upgrading your car and soaking in the atmosphere this game is this is the perfect example of, of something being better uh, than the sum of its parts absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know and and so I'm, on, on along those lines i think i enjoyed it now well let's before oh, we ahead. move on let's take a look at this port comparison real quick uh, so we have on the left we have the amiga version and on the right we have the pc version and so if you look at the PC version, uh, the drive-in, I mean, you're right, Tandy Graphics is what that well, screams these are, these, to me. You're looking like 16 colors, yeah. EGA style yeah. graphics. However, when you start a race, uh, you will notice as I move forward to a race here, 
that the uh, the the car or the, the the scenery itself there's bushes on the side of the road there are things that look like maybe garbage cans or something there's something there's other things on the road uh, and the it's, it's not as smooth though is it I mean, do you think I mean we're watching side by side right now yeah, it's I mean, faster Amiga, and again it's not as but it's jerkier than the Amiga version I mm-hmm. think the Amiga version is smoother I mean it's funny that they didn't I mean we know the Amiga could have they could have put something over there I don't know why they didn't mm-hmm. you know it's funny the scenes where they you're going to the gas station or going to the diner and you go to town like why didn't they just have some of that out there right right you know now, uh, uh, the, also the inside of the car doesn't look as good. No. I mean, and the, the also doesn't have the uh, doesn't have the gimmick hanging from the mirror. Yeah, yeah, it know? doesn't have the fuzzy dice. This is uh, this is it's 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 an example of you know the differences. That I just don't think that the PC at this time, you know, the EGA graphics, they just couldn't pull off. This is a, definitely a game where the Amiga graphical power is is superior. Yeah, this and, and uh, we of course we know we mentioned there is a sequel to this, Seat Rod Two. Now. I haven't played it because I never, because I, I never do because right. I never know we're going to get to them. And I'm kind of, but I am kind of intrigued because what I'd like to see is a game like this that they really make for the Amiga. Mm-hmm. Like put in the good sound, yeah. Put in the like go into the deluxe paint, make some really nice pictures, do some scenery, you know. Uh, maybe have some stuff where you go through town, you know. Maybe have a little bit more. Maybe make that gas thing an actual mini game. Maybe make some of the tuning. You can make little mini games out of those because really, right now they're not. They're yeah, the, the, kind of puzzly, the, but the, that's about it. The tuning know? was a missed opportunity. Yeah, because it tells you where to tune your engine well, to for well, often performance. I think about something like that covert action game we played, where they took every conceivable thing and they made it a mini game, yeah. and that made it more fun. Right. You know, and you wouldn't, you didn't like all the mini games, but they were still more fun. Now, uh, if you're a gearhead, maybe you just want to toy around with that stuff. But if you're going to go that route. Really get in there and make it for gearheads. Make it more difficult to fool with the engine. Right. You know, stuff like that. But, I mean, they've got... I like I like the premise a lot. Mm-hmm. I really do. And it is a romantic period in American history. Uh, this era of the, of the late 50s, early 60s, where the people were racing these hot rods and r- running around town. It's fun. Uh, and I think they stumbled onto something here. And I, Well, I think they were definitely passionate about it. Like you said, they obviously know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. If you look through the newspapers and stuff, there's a ton of... Uh, there's a ton of crazy uh, ads in there. The fact that they use real cars, they probably couldn't do that anymore. Right. You know, stuff well, like that. Well, I mean, you'd have to pay. I'm sure that they didn't pay any licensing for any of this stuff. Everyone in here is smoking. I yeah. also <laughs> mentioned that when you beat the king, you also get his girl. That's, that's right. That's convenient. That worked out good. Uh, so, <laughs> cool. that's the way it was, And she, she says, I've always believed in you. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, disingenuous uh, girlfriend, there's no doubt. Um... I looked this up, but first of all, I want to talk about the eBay on this first before we get to the reviews. I was surprised. there I couldn't find any of these that were, had sold recently or were for sale. Okay, however, this must be a pretty rare game because I saw IBM version selling for 100 bucks, mm. uh, And I saw uh, the sequel selling for, for pretty big money, too. Uh, it, and, and, and uh, you know, for so uh, by all accounts, bucks by all accounts, this was released in the United States. I don't know. I have no. I don't know. Okay. I have no way but to there, say uh, yes. But it was it was selling in America. Do you remember if the auctions were American based? I, I don't remember okay, that. Okay. It was there was English. That's it's all. That's as far as I could go. So I well, one would assume, but you never know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this was sold here or not. Now, I looked this up on Lemon to uh, get, uh, to see what the scores were. Uh, the folks over at Lemon give this an 8.21. I want to, before we move on, remember uh, Metal Gear, what did they give Metal Gear, a 7 or something like that? So this was, 
this was leagues and leagues above Metal Gear. Right. Which, now, I like this game, but I mean... This is no Metal Gear. Uh, look at that. The uh, folks over at ACAR uh, back in November of 90 get us an 82. Amiga Joker, you ready? 82. It got over with yeah. the Joker. Yeah, interesting. Info gave this four out of five stars the average magazine rating 82%. Did you get any Discord action on We that? did. We got one review from Pajaco, 6502. Here's your reviewing machine. He says, I like racing games, but this one just didn't grab me. It looks, sounds, and plays like a game from the earlier in the Amiga's life. You really only get one ride to start with and no parts to try out. A bit more would have been good. Cosmetic changes that cost are possible, but they don't do much, and really you should save your cash for actual parts. Has some nice elements, like taking engines apart to upgrade them. However, there are too many menus to click through, and it gets a little tedious after the novelty is worn off. If you lose your first race for money as I did, or wreck your car, it's game over and you have to restart. Racing itself is lethargic and dull. An upgrade, race upgrade is just a rinse and repeat process. Not the worst game, but not the best either. Five out of ten. So Pajaka didn't like it. Well, you know, he, he raises some valid points here. This game can give you some of that same old, same old feeling. You know, I think the uh, the, the upgrade system is actually quite clever. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think it was that bad either. I didn't think it was that hard to win. Uh, I found racing. this I found this game to be pretty addictive, yeah, actually. Yeah, on the Amiga, this is one of your more approachable games. Yeah. As far as I certainly... I mean, I got in there and I was I was in there going to work. I tuned the engine. Once I tuned that engine up, man, I was I was good to go. Mm. And then once you get a couple wins under your belt, you see how everything works. It almost becomes I don't I want to say pedestrian. You, it's not that tough mm -hmm. to win, which I, I like. Uh, you get to choose. There's 25 different cars in this. Okay, which is that's ludicrous. Mm -hmm. Uh, and with all the options that you've got to use, I mean, it, I think that's the that's the, you have to get into that element of the game. Right. If you're just here for the racing, this is not Lotus. This right. is you know, right. like you mentioned. I really and I can't undersell the fact I love the way they do it at the drive-in. I love watching because you don't know what's going to roll up. And yeah. sometimes it's so funny. I mean, because I think that these are kind of procedurally generated where they'll take a random person, random car color, and random car and mash them together, random sticker. And when you see like a lady pull up in, in, in some like Stingray Corvette and it says Big Chief on the side or something and she's smoking, you're like, man, I bet this girl's got personality. And uh, I like that part of it. If you hang around the diner long enough, you'll see the chick come out on skate, yeah. taking orders. Yep, yep, you know? yep. So that, like, All that, that stuff cute. is great. But I mean, you have to be—you have to look for it to sit there for a while before mm -hmm. she comes out. Usually, and maybe this has to do—I'm a sucker for the you know sort of happy days type of setting. Yeah, and so I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, I—I <laughs> I, I, I like the—I like all the atmosphere and stuff like that. So, but we can both agree that uh, this concept could have been flushed out a yes. hundred times. Better. Absolutely, there you go. absolutely. All right, everyone, that's going to do it for the Discord reviews this week. So, why don't we roll on to talking about what's been going on in the wider Amigos community on our YouTube channel. How's that sound? That sounds good to me, Boaster. All right, let's man. It. Let's do it. So. Da, 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 da. Does the boat sound effects kicking in? <laughs> you got 50 tabs. You couldn't have this one open? Listen, you got to have 50 <laughs> tabs open. All right. Why don't we kick things off, Aaron, with our latest and greatest. Why don't we go back to ARG this week. Tell us about uh, the this wacky computer you guys oh, talked about. Oh, man. This week, uh, me and the Brent uh, took on the Comex 35. Mm -hmm. I never heard of this uh, me machine uh, boat. Uh, but, boy, it's neat. A neat little machine built-in joystick on the thing. 
this thing has a mysterious past. It came from the, the, the depths of Hong Kong. No one's for sure. Big in the Netherlands, though, right? Yeah, big in the Netherlands uh, and, a, and a few other places. It got sold over Europe. Uh, and we ended up looking at a couple games, and uh, I have to say, uh, the games were okay. Uh, man, all things considered. Skip forward a little bit okay. there, and we'll look at the games. Uh, I looked at a This is sort of the premier game on the system. It's called Get Your Gadget. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a helicopter game where you fly around, but it's sort of like it, what it reminds me of. It's sort of almost like a manic miner in a helicopter. It's mm -hmm. a screen-by-screen -screen game. Uh, and but uh, the keyboard controls actually give you a, a, an element of control you wouldn't normally experience in a game. Like it seems that. like you kind of move forward one block at a time. Is that that's right? correct? Mm -hmm. And and you also much like a chop lifter, you could spin to have like a forward view. The controls are they're interesting. This game was made to be brutal. Actually, I dug up some forum posts uh, from the fellows that made this. And uh, they actually had uh, never finished it. They didn't think anyone could ever get all the gadgets, but people have. And so the game doesn't have an ending, ironically. But it's getting all the gadgets is all, is nigh impossible. Yeah, well, didn't, didn't they say that it actually was impossible because nobody no. thought that you could do it? Well, it's or possible. Or when you get it, nothing happens. Nothing right? happens, okay, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so this was a fun game. And then Brent looked at a game. Now, this was something that was, I'd never heard of this uh, concept of this thing. We looked at a game called uh, uh, Cross Horde, mm. and this game is released by a guy named uh, Fabrizio uh, Caruso. And I've actually he actually commented. We had a couple people that comment on on this game and some of the games. This is a series of games that are being ported to hundreds of different platforms. This is based off a special language, right? That allows that to be done easily. That's right. And Brent engine. goes into it on the show, mm -hmm. and actually Cross Horde. It's a real slow game to start, but it's actually pretty fun. Uh, and once you get into it, and this appears on, like, if you've got a machine that can do anything, you could probably play this on it. Mm. There's a version of it. So if you're into, like, your C64, your Amiga, your IBM, you know, whatever you've got, this is something you can play on there. And it's actually kind of fun. It takes the concepts behind, uh, like, a Space Invaders game, except it changes it to the point where every invader moves at his own accord in a big mob. It's almost like they're running at you, and you're fighting them off, and there are power-ups. It's a pretty interesting game. It starts off slow. I wish it was a way to skip to like level 10 and make mm -hmm. it more interesting right away. But we enjoyed it. So, yeah, we had a real good time with the uh, Comex 35. We may come down that road again someday. I love it. I love that episode. Oh, yeah. Did you you're here? Oh, good. Yeah, I, I told you like 8,000 facts that I would not know. Well, I will say I you got a valid point there. I, I'll give you that. I hate, does anyone use that mode? No, about, okay. that's the worst does thing that's ever happened that? to life. Yeah. Yes. All right, Aaron. Look at that handsome devil. Well, yeah. Mikey. We did Mikey on R. Sinclair. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do. You know, Mikey is... Uh, every time we do an arcade port, almost every time, I say this is the best arcade port on ZX Spectrum. Yeah. Because there are so You're many good extremist. ones. Yeah. There are so many good ones. And Mikey is no exception. Mikey is not the most well-known game from Konami. That's for sure. But I, I've always liked this game since the Brent turned me on to it way back when. Yeah. This is a game where you play as a high schooler and you, you run amok uh, trying to get uh, letters from your, your woman and eventually hook up with her and drive off into the sunset. Uh, this is uh, uh, comes out of Japan. and uh, Big time. Yeah, big time. Big time. In fact, uh, the Japan was so afraid that high schoolers in Japan were going to start to copy Mikey's delinquent movements, they changed the release in Japan and changed it into a, a salaryman. So kind of kind of wacky, but uh, if, if you're into the ZX Spectrum and you want to hear our thoughts on Mikey and its, its history and development, make sure you tune in. Uh, this was a real fun one to this do. This was a surprise, wasn't it? Yeah. It's a surprise it got ported. It's surprised at how well it was. 
I will say, I can see the Japanese were upset when a guy runs around the, and headbutts everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> which they also changed. It's neat that everyone on Earth got the original version of this except for the place that made it. It so, is. Yeah. It's true. It's true. All right, Aaron. And uh, now we move into the little thing that you've done. Why don't you tell us about this one, Aaron? Uh, this was from last Friday. This is uh, another in a series of Amigo Aaron disaster streams. This was just some straight up Amiga action, man. I want to get back to the roots, and so uh, back we went. We had a lot of interesting games. I played some stuff I've been meaning to play, uh, and uh, some uh, and some suggestions that I got. Just the usual stuff. We had a good time. Uh, this game here, uh, Boat, is a Doom clone, mm -hmm. by the way. And uh, uh, I'm trying to get the name of it. It's, it's DM. Somebody can help me. I can't remember the top of my head. Uh, but uh, it's a, this was a more recent game, and it's got multiplayer. It's not bad. Yeah. It's got that kind of a... I mean, you hate this type of game. I do. But this one's somewhere between the game you hate and Doom. I was going to say, it's almost like a Wolfenstein more it than is, a Doom. It is, but yeah. it's not bad. You know. And it, uh, so, yeah, we had a good time, uh, Boaster. Cool, cool. All right, we move on to our last video this week, which, of course... Oh no! I'm talking. I was about ready to say it's a Frodo video, but it's not. No, this is a, this is actually the Brent. We were just talking about it. You know, I, mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you. I was cleaning up the hard drive last night, and I saw I came across this because I there was only forty. There was thirty three seconds of video from this game on the internet mm -hmm. anywhere for the Comex thirty five, and Brent played this thing a half hour. And I thought, man, we can't, we got to do something with that. Yeah. And so I just, I put it up, bro. Yeah, heck yeah. And uh, it's up now. So if you want, if anybody wants to check, because uh, really you need to watch about 20 minutes before you can really get the full feel of the thing. Uh, but if you want to watch the Brent go, going to work, and certainly the longest look at uh, Crossword uh, that there is on the internet, this is it. And we've got it on our channel. I know, I know people are clamoring for it. <laughs> all, the all the Comics 35 action you can find, it's right here. Sounds, hopefully, I want to see some more Comics action. Maybe you'll record some more footage. Yeah. All right, Aaron, that's going to do it for our community updates this week. Uh, it's time to move on to uh, the end of the show. Okay, so we've got many. We're really moving on, are we? Yeah, we're moving on to the end of the show. Uh, of course, we got to talk about the last week's Patreon challenge. It's been a couple weeks since we've done, uh, since we've talked about this. Uh, and I'm going to pull up our winners. Okay. So uh, let's see. Last week's song was Hey Soul Sister by Train. Do you like that song? I do. Mm -hmm. uh, Blip Blop, Rob O'Hara, Frodo and L, Adam Freeman, Gary Heather and Jigglebox got it. It's funny. I was thinking we didn't have a song last week. Am I nuts? Uh, maybe last week. Did you and Brent do the show, or did we no. didn't have the show last week because we did it on Wednesday? That's why it's just been so long. Okay, I, I was hesitating too. We we did the show early last week, which makes it seem like it's been longer. Um, and uh, we also got a new patron this week, Aaron, uh, and he wrote us a little a little note. Okay, so I, I'd like to I'd like to read it, and he did give me permission to read this. Okay, you have Good for you to ask. Yeah, I did ask, because it's a little personal. He says, I discovered the podcast through the Retro Hour when me and Neil were on talking about, when we started this week in Retro, you know, me and Neil went on the Retro Hour to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Up a little bit. Oh, you, you, you gave us a little plug on yeah, there? Yeah, and I gave us a little plug on there. So he looked us up, and, uh, and he said, uh, the Amiga was not a system I grew up with being here in the States. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah, Non-factor. Yeah. But I was familiar with it via the computer gaming magazines I was constantly devouring. It was something I lusted after. 
It's only actually been the last few years that I started diving into it. It's been so fun having a whole new world of games to check out. In a way, I'm glad I never had one back in the day, as it's great having a huge back catalog of retro games now. That's right, I feel that way about a lot of systems, yeah, like the Coco and the Specky. Uh, this year has been incredibly rough for me. While I won't go into specifics, the podcast has been a huge bright spot. I work third shifts as a custodial lead at a local college, so it's the perfect thing to listen to to help break up the night and put me in a better space. Thank you guys so much for all you do. Uh, and uh, he says, uh, as far as what I prefer for the Patreon song and shirt, could you put me down as we like what we like? Makes sense to me. Yeah. I truly appreciate it. All the best, Brandon Bennett. So thank you, That's Brandon. That's awful nice. Well, yeah. hey, you know, listen, I've worked that late shift, my friend. I understand. You be, and I listen to podcasts like you. I consume the heck out of them. So it's nice. That we're that uh, you're getting some pleasure from listening to our idiotic ramblings. I think that's dandy, Bo. Yeah, yeah. And of course, now, Aaron, you know, it's been so long since we've been together. I could have recorded something ahead of time, but it's been a long time since you've had a chance to experience the Patreon song live and in person. Oh, I knew we were going to have a problem here. Okay. Uh, I thought about another Spice Girls medley, but I decided against it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I know I should have had a cocktail when I came over. So here we go. If you know this week's Patreon song challenge, send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com. If you're watching live, please don't write it in the chat. Keep it fun for everyone. Well, <laughs> don't be too busy recoiling in horror. Oh, man. <coughs> That's good. And with a cold. Yeah, with a cold. Here we go. Snotty. What is that? We like what we like, Mr. Chip, Peter Price, Herman V. Wonderly Chesum, Margaret Richardson, David Hearn, Chris Edwards, Ram, okay, Rom, okay, David Terrace, Jude Carlos, Matthew Mobius, The Phantom, Seth Yates, Alistair, Fiend, Christian Russo, David Z, George Rose, it's Kid, The Omega Show, Daniel Crabtree, Super Family King, Crazy Loomis, William Vince, Scott, uh-uh, Heaven Systems ain't but different, Lord. Mark my land, Olaf Hope, Hermski, Alien Breed, and Diplosaraptor. Cowboy Boy, Landinson, Daniel Williams, Luke Hudson, John Cook, Bomb the Bass, Frodo in Hell. Sizer. What the hell was that? Tech Mage Jurgen. Mr. Cola, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington. Zorga Reflection. Simon Lynch, Captain Crispy, Killer Bites, and Caffeine Gary Heather, Freelance Hate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobsterminator, 10 Minute, Amiga Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, RMC, Jim Drew, Joseph Harrison, Carletta, Rob O'Hara, Matthew, Larimore, and Craig, Sean, Zoe, Bob Pitt, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe, the Zombie, Lee, Kalan, Alan Kebab, Check, Okay, Level Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perrone, Ricky DeRosa, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy CTZ, The Slow North, Stefan Sorgan, and Mortensen, Evan, Helen, Christopher, Hastafo, Ravi Abbott, Chris Woods, Lauren Giroux, Graham Damke, Adam Battis B, O'Brien's Retro Vintage, Gary, Huck, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Taves from the Crypt, Joe, 
Josh, Nana, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THC, Eric Nelson, Kim, Tommy, Humbert's dad, Danny Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Derek Cole, Jason Wars, Pixels at Dawn, and Kill Bjorn Barman. I'll see you in another two years, bud. <laughs> I knew I left this sucker for a reason. <laughs> Sweet Georgia Brown, but you know it's a different feeling when you experience it in person, isn't it? It is. It's a it's a sick feeling. <laughs> you know, it's a real sick feeling. But some say it hurts so good. No, they don't say that. They Nobody say says that. that? Well, now, Aaron, of course, we couldn't go anywhere without acknowledging the fine, fine work that our Twitch subscribers do. You mm. know, as you know, we record this show live every week. I don't know if you knew that, Aaron. I've heard that. Yeah, we actually do. And uh, we, if you'd like to watch us live and support us on Twitch, you can. Uh, if you've got an Amazon Prime subscription, you can actually use that. It costs you nothing, and we get a little financial support out of it. We'd like to thank our Twitch subscribers. Uh, Eeyore4077, Steph, Blue Train, Monza Mess, Orom, John Marshall 3, Blow Jellyfish, Mitsuyama, Twilight Zoner, Macintosh Librarian, Pixel Rageous, Uber Scuba Diver, Wide World of Retro, Gary Heather, Dragon Bray, no, Data Ombre. I need to I make like this I like Dragon bigger. Bray. <laughs> I like Data Ombre too. Those That's are both true. good, but. Da Crabs MTG, Retro Jerry, the real Retro Dude. Oh, not, not the fake one. Man. This is the real one. We've been found out. Paco Take. Oh, he's out of his mind. He is. Explorer. Trap Shot Live, Beach Bum 7, Still Adolescing, Lumen 808, Texas Foosballer, Frodo NL, Barkbit, Anthony Jarvis, Captain Chaos DK, Wing Chun Wolf, Scumboy, Chronosnet, Negsol, and Jigglebox. Thank you guys so much for subscribing Thank to you. us on Twitch. You know, before you go to the next game announcement, I thought something we need to talk about real quick. Oh, hey, man. We got two big events coming up here, Boat. Big ones. Huge ones. Number one. This Saturday, it goes down. It goes down hard. Tell them, tell the folks. After a, after a recess of some months, the Taze Valley Classic Computer Club is reconvening right here in Amigo Studios. Live. Live. If you will. Saturday night, mm. 7 o'clock Eastern Time. All the gang's coming. You, me, the Chud. The Chud. That's be. really all you need to know. But Brent, the Brent. Good Matt. Good, Matt. Is the Brant going to be here? I think so. I don't you never know. know where that goes. You never know. Maybe Terry's going to be here, put up a new Burger Time high score. Yeah. And, of course, John Marshall with the tote full of old Commodore computers. What are we working on this, this time around, Boat? Well, I know John's bringing some projects he's working well, on. No my, kidding. My big project is going to be seeing, you know, uh, Wide World of Retro, a.k.a. David Z, sent me, out of the goodness of his heart, a uh, Atari 8-bit 1050 disk drive. I've wanted one of these things for a long time for reasons I can't fully explain. I don't, I don't understand. I don't. I think I might have two Atari discs, but I want one to sit right here beside my 1200XL, which is just off frame. Then why do you need to fix it? Um, well, because Dave sent it to me. Oh, I see. So I'd like, to, I'd like to fix it just as a, a favor to him. Plus, Dave will come after you. That's true. He will come after me. And so uh, we're going to be opening that bad boy up, testing it out, putting it through its paces. So make sure you tune in. It's going to be a good time. This could be the best one ever. Uh, it's is undoubtedly going to be the best one ever. Is this going to be the best computer club we've ever had? It's the one I'm most excited for. I've never been this excited about anything in my whole life. Except for one other event we're what is talk it? about. What my is God. it? The day after Thanksgiving, boat. Uh, November 26th, I believe, is the date. 10 a.m. is the time. Myself and the Brent, 
we're getting back together too. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a real rough month for old A. This time in the arcade, I finished last night feverishly setting up the equipment. Because it's going to be Thanks for Giving Marathon. Oh, the yeah. ARG Thanks for Giving Marathon, where me and the Brent are going to go to work. Old school boat. And we're going to play eight hours of gaming action. All kinds of crazy stuff. We're going to spin wheels. Brent's got all kinds of crazy schemes. Because you know the Brent. It's going to be crazy, complicated, convoluted disaster. It's mm -hmm. going to be fun. Now, you know, ordinarily, I would jump at the chance to take part in the yes. Thanks for Giving Marathon. Who wouldn't? However, that is my 10th anniversary. Congratulations, Eve. So, You've put up with Boat for 10 years. It is. That's and, stunning. And so, but believe you me, when we're at our romantic dinner, I'm going to be sneaking glances at the old Twitch app on the phone. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> no. That would be, be, be instant death. That's marriage suicide <laughs> yeah. right there. We don't know what we're going to do with the Amigos that night either. I don't know if me and Brent are going to pick it up, or I don't know what we're going to do. We'll figure something out. Yeah. Well, announcement forthcoming, Boat. But again, that's the day of Thanksgiving, November 26th. Myself to Brent, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Thanks for Giving Marathon. And uh, if you are watching the show live, one more quick announcement. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We have a very special program for you. Uh, coming up right after the show today, we are going to be streaming for perhaps the very first time in Twitch's history. I don't think Yeah. We are streaming WWF WrestleMania, the VCR game. Oh, the VCR game. Now, Aaron, you yeah. are as generous as the day is long. That's and true. at some point in the past, you gave this to me yeah. for either my birthday or Christmas. Yeah. And I, it's been sitting on my shelf, and it's been calling my name. Whenever yeah. I look over there and I see Andre and the Hulk locked in that passionate embrace, oh, I've been no. thinking, how long? How that's long? A, that's a beat down right there. This was the one. Was this the one where Hulk he, he had hurt ribs and he, and Andre took the that 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 whole shtick? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, stay tuned for some classic '80s wrestling clips and probably what is sure to be one of the best board games of all time. You know, the Euro games have got nothing on these VCR board games. With all that said, Aaron, next week on Amigos, we're going to be playing a game. I know the, the folks at the Amigos Game Selection Committee were really excited about this one. Treasure Trap, Aaron. Treasure Trap. That's what we call your house. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> the old Treasure You're Trap. You're an idiot. <laughs> so, we are going to be playing Treasure Trap as picked by Frodo and L. We thank Frodo and L for nominating this game and for the Amigos Game Selection Committee. And for his hair. Yep, and for his hair uh, for voting on the game. Uh, Frodo, he's the man, and so is the Amigos Game Selection Committee. We thank all of you for watching us and listening, and we will see you next week. Until then, adios. adios.